0: Hello, and welcome to the AAW Wrestling Headlines review. That's weird, isn't it? I'm <laughs> immediately but that up. Anyway, my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are here to review a competent wrestling show. I know it's weird, but the wrong streams thing, oh, that's really irritating. Yes, oh my word, here we go, so many tabs. Anyway, we are live, and it's the first time I've gone solo for a little while. I think... The last time I did this was for Survivor Series. Royal Rumble's coming up. Get a bit of practice in. <laughs> get a bit of practice with this. Generally, I really enjoyed this episode of AEW. Like, not before, before we get into anything specifically. I generally just enjoyed myself. And then compared to last week, where I was like, oh, I'm feeling the pacing here. When I had uh, James Boyd of One Nation Radio on the show last week. That was one of the things that uh, really hit me. It's like, oh yeah, this is a weirdly paced show. I was ready for it to end, like, three segments before it did. This week, start to finish, absolutely loved it. Uh, And therefore, I can't really compliment it more in that aspect. Uh, Obviously, everybody has their own different kind of feeling with it, uh, with uh, stuff like this. Entertainment subjective. I personally, start to finish, I was like, this is just a really well-paced show. (laughs) Really enjoyed it. Uh, Anyway, before I get into stuff like that, obviously, we're live here on YouTube, but it will be available in podcast form later. Uh, Links in the description, or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for all your latest wrestling news. John Boxy's returned. Oh yes, <laughs> the main topic for the show, uh, an incredible return, as I waffle on a little bit before I can actually get to what he said, <laughs> because in pure John Moxley fashion, he a you know, wild thing played, you can see it was a bit emotional, he's walking through the crowd, an awesome moment, uh, Washington DC, where the show was this week, going crazy, and a return full of emotion, as uh, Moxley very openly talked about facing and overcoming his inner demon's he doesn't run from his demons. He beats the crap out of them. I didn't say crap. He said the S word. I can't say the S word because we stayed in the first three for five minutes of the video. <laughs> you gotta wait. You gotta wait. Um, yeah, just the main message of he's in 2022. He's going on a ride. He's going to take the wrestling world by the balls, uh, leaving in the true unique mo- message only mozzly can deliver but like the only he can say a line as badass as this and it come across as badass. <laughs> it's just that thing of nowadays, all I drink is blood. <laughs> it's like only him, only he could say something as audacious as that. And it sound cool. <laughs> Perfect. like so, yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely loved everything about this. It was full of raw emotion, putting everything out there. And he just, he just really felt it. There was a, there's a real edge to this promo. Also, the thing I got to address, unfortunately, the dickhead, the bell end, he was in the crowd. Meaning that the but once came out, he came into the ring, it's nice and emotional, starts speaking, somebody immediately starts heckling. At this point I'm just like why? What you? my first thought is you're ruining this for everyone else is my immediate thought. And I've seen this before, obviously like my number one thing is from my real life is like from comedy clubs and things would be just a heckler in the crowd. Thanks for being funny. Most of the time they're drunk or, or high on something, so they're just not perceiving it. Sometimes they're just a bellend. <laughs> you don't have to be, yeah. You don't. You don't have to be high. You come across as a bellend if you're a bellend. <laughs> I said, I said that I was going to leave uh, quoting exactly what Moxie said in reply till three to five minutes in the video. I've said bellend like five times already. <laughs> Maybe that ship's already sailed. <laughs> damn my Britishness. Damn me. Uh, anyway, so. Yeah, he starts heckling, and I was thinking, what are you doing? You're just completely ruining this. What is wrong with you? Then Moxley, in, in an immediate reply, just completely shuts the heckler down. Oh, I'm assuming got him, got the guy chucked out as well. Just telling him, hey, you, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Get, take that piece of shit out of the arena. <laughs> off you pop. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't do a very British off you pop at the end, but still, like, got an absolutely amazing response. Just completely shut it down. The crowd right back into what Moxley was saying and you know he had something important in had to say and for somebody to jump in immediately by saying that first off why why would you pay a ticket to do that to then immediately get tossed out of the arena it's a weird one but uh, what goes through those people's heads but still such an emotional return for Moxley uh, it didn't I don't know what he felt after giving it, but I can say as a viewer it didn't really knock the performance and for anything I could tell, it was still full of that raw emotion. And again, that message that of what he's been through just that past month and just saying that he's back now, I yeah, I can't yeah, it was delivered so damn well. Just full of so much passion. He felt every word of it. And you can tell that it meant a lot to him as well, and you can tell that when they're delivering a program like this. Was like, yeah, and Moxley's back, and immediately just like I right, oh this is what we've been missing, this is what we've been missing. It's <laughs> this, this raw passion that Moxley brings, the craziness that man has, and I, yeah, just immediately right back on the saddle. It's like ah uh, yes, Moxley's back. <laughs> I have been missing Moxley. It turns out uh, I'm gonna get the same feeling when Omega returns. It's like oh yeah, I have been missing Omega. I didn't realise it because I was still enjoying the shows, but when this star returns, ah oh, that's why they're a star. Ah oh, yes, amazing. Yeah, but really helpful, uh, helpful heartfelt promo with um, so many great lives But again, and um, for me, the one that re- the two that really stood out was telling a guy, uh, <laughs> but just the the mood of returning and immediately the first words out of his mouth are to tell a guy to go fuck himself <laughs> and then to come back. Oh, it's uh, yeah, it, it's one of those stories. Where it's like yeah, only Moxley, <laughs> the his first words live on TBS. <laughs> it's this wow, amazing. Um, But anyway, the parting phase of nowadays, all I drink is blood, just screaming into the microphone. like, yeah, you're a badass, Moxley. You're a badass. (laughs) But that was just a great way to kick off the show as well, just to have the crowd kind of erupt in this emotion of welcoming him him back. It's the type of thing that we've gotten used to. Like in WWE, you build it up. A big star is returning. You build it up to keep people watching the show. You put that on last. Um, they They don't always do that, but that's what I kind of... I, I align that with Do We so they must have done it enough. But with this one, it kind of made sense just to lift the mood up. You know, AW do that a lot, they'll kick off Dynamite with a big mood lifter before then going to the more story based stuff. And yeah, yeah, this was that. Only main event with this if you're going into an absolutely major angle. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? But still, v- v- great return, immediately realising what we're missing, and also gives absolutely no hints as to what he's going to do to me is the perfect way to kind of bring back Moxley. It's like, yeah, it's Moxley. He's awesome. You, you get reminded of how awesome John Moxley is, but you don't give any hint as to what's actually coming up. Like, yeah, I like that. Maybe he's going to beat the crap out of Garcia. Who knows? <laughs> it's all Eddie Kingston wants. Someone else to get in his way. <laughs> it's all Eddie wants is to beat up Garcia. People keep getting in his way. Now his best friend returns, so maybe he'll beat him up. <laughs> anyway, after that, we kind of Move further into the show. Normally, I'll pick a random thing throughout the show, make that the topic, and then, then go through the card in order. I've picked the first thing on the show, which means, accidentally, go through this thing in order. But again, to, to start with, for me, this was an absolutely solid episode of AW Dynamite. Flowed really, really well. The main event was incredibly fun too. It's just that the way things were placed on the cards, to just carry that momentum was, for me, done really, really well this week. It's something I, could, I brought up last week, where they had like a similar segment after one. I was just kind of like, nah, 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 maybe don't, don't, don't that. <laughs> uh, this week, it was kind of, yeah, it was paced really, really well. Uh, yeah, I can't really, there's nothing to really critique there. <laughs> uh, we'll say, in terms of like, another thing I noticed on this show, the sheer amount of signs being brought to AEW shows now is such a great sight to see. That like you, like for me, it's like, that's my absolute proof of an engaged audience. I'm not saying that it's a bigger audience or my finan- more financially lucrative audience, but this well, this audience is engaged, and like this was such a great episode of Dynamite to Go with it that for me the time watching absolutely flew by. But it's the sheer number of sites. there, as a, as an English person, I noticed that there were Arsenal fans in that crowd, <laughs> like two or three rows back. They were on the hard camera how many bloody signs did they bring? <laughs> I think there were two people and they had between them like five or six signs each that would just either play off each other or would... So if, if, lots of signs about Tottenham who are Arsenal's rivals, but about Harry Kane, about Arsenal's themselves. Yes, the Gooners are the Arsenal. <laughs> so... It's like, oh. Yeah, that's one example. When you look at the shot of like when the show starts, there's just like a whole wall, really, of just so many signs... It just reminds me so much of the Attitude Era. And I just assumed, like, obviously wrongly, that it was like a change of the times that signs, yes, you get the odd person bringing a sign, or you got the modern day gimmick of saying this video game is better than that video game from the 90s. <laughs> like, there's it, that current theme going on. But aside from that, I quite often, like, that, that happened with WWE. Like, right? aside from the odd sign, like, you that wall of signs that you saw in the Attitude Era, that disappeared. That slowly crept back into AEW. And again, I thought that was like a sign of the times. But no, it turns out I'm absolutely wrong. turns out when the audience got engaged with the product they were watching, they really felt like they wanted to bring signs. And over time, the number of people doing that at AEW shows has increased. And yeah, it's not... uh, um, In terms of like, has it been happening at WWE shows as well? No, it hasn't. That's that's the interesting thing for me. It's not like a post-COVID thing that's just come back from a wrestling time of old. Like, no, no. This is only happening at aw <laughs> this isn't happening at ww so i find it interesting for me again proof and that's a nice little feedback of your audience is engaged when they're bringing signs mostly on topic <laughs> but i've i picked out the two arsenal fans <laughs> there's also the video game signs that don't really have anything to do with aw but it's a gimmick that has worked and kicked off and now gets screamed capped and put on twitter every week so if you're the person this week, that was in Washington, they bought the sign saying something better was something was better than Final Fantasy VIII, and I can't remember what it was because I don't know my game from the 90s. I was, I'm not even 30 yet, <laughs> the 90s are not my decade. I <laughs> don't really know uh, anyway. I'm not going to go through the rest of the show in order, uh, starting with, and uh, I, th- I think I talked about my review of the show, yeah, positive, thumbs up, great episode of AEW, really strong, and uh, nerdy stuff like pacing things, yeah, yeah, top notch. Really good stuff. Moved all the character work across. Set up next week really well. To be fair, that's their like one of their best attributes. Is like for, for me the thing I really like. Right before the main event, when they run through the cards for for Rampage and Dynamite the next week, and go oh, just like we've got all of this stuff coming up <laughs> just before they then give you the main event. So like, yeah, 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 I like it. I like it. It keeps the wheel, the hype wheel, constantly spinning. Uh, MJF, uncharacteristically here to apologise to Wardlow for his actions last week. This is all kind of building up to the Sean Spears versus CM Punk match later in the show. and uh, But I just really like uh, But the big man, he still put his hands on MJF, so he is going to have to dock his pay, even though it's his birthday. <laughs> I'm just like, that's just brilliant. <laughs> and just, Wardlow's facials right afterwards, just pulling a right face at him after that. Just, <laughs> just... MDF goes back to speaking and Waldo's just mm, mm, mm. don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah really really good stuff continuing to build as in just letting us know that that what they weren't doing that thing where they build up a tea, tea like teaser break they've, done, they've seen this quite a few times I think AW might have even done this technique where you tease them a team breaking up but then when the moment comes, I actually work out the differences. And normally this will happen with the heel team. And it'll all be like a swerve of, hey, we got you. We're not really falling out. This was just reminding you, this isn't that. It, this wasn't us building to a blow-off and then you kind of saw it, but you didn't really. They're actually staying together. Like, no, this is just a little reminder. Wardlow is going to deck him. <laughs> he is going to turn on him. It's just, we're letting that play out. We've got MGFC and Punk first. Got to let things play out. And I was reminded that it is... It was it was said on a previous episode that Wardlow's contract for AEW states that... It, or the or, or, or contract with MJF, which is like the entire point of his character, stated that if he were to win any titles, they would be MJF's titles. They wouldn't be Wardlow's. He'd be winning them on behalf of MJF, and MJF would be champion, not Wardlow. That's not, not, that's, that's not really come up yet. I don't know if it's like, it, it's not really even used aside from like a nice little gag to kind of get him initially. But like, no, it's there. An aw doesn't forget this stuff. When they say it's for a reason, or they've got a plan for something, they don't just drop it. <laughs> so my other thought is Wardo like the, the boiling point where Wardo finally has enough. Maybe if he wins the title and MJF just destroys him. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yes, I love it. I love it so much. There's so many different ways you can go. And we've got, to be fair, we've got to get through the whole CM Punk arc first. We're nowhere near, nowhere near done. So after this, kicking off the action with a tad of fun as I punch my microphone like a really smart person, Adam Cole and Britt Baker versus Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. A, I guess, a taste of intergender wrestling on the tags because it was a mixed tag wrestle. You know, the men wrestled the men, the women wrestled the m- women. I, I think we were, I talked about this with James Boyd last week when this match was signed off, and it was just my my immediate thought of as soon as I saw Internet Wrestling done well on the indie scene in Lucha Underground I was just like yeah there's absolutely it's fine it's perfectly fine like <laughs> um, and most of the comments against it haven't again for me it's a very archaic way of thinking it's just like oh yeah you, know, you can't have the women and the men going at each other like, in what other medium is this not allowed in terms of like entertainment as in scripted entertainment <laughs> a, very small, a very small niche it's like yeah, for me watching each other go proved you can easily do this. And in this match, they showed you like Chris Dattler could beat the crap out of Adam Cole, as and Britt Baker Cassidy vice versa. Um, we'll say for me, Orange Cassidy is really the perfect, perfect guy for like an audience test for intergender wrestling. As I'm not really sure you can call what he does offense. <laughs> so he's kind of like when he's doing the fake kicks, he's like yeah, yeah yeah, this is fine. It's <laughs> just doing the comedy stuff first. Kind of just a little, kind of like, just a tease, just a test, just to see how the audience will react to it. Uh, for, like, for me personally, I'll be all for AEW, like, with intergenerational investing. For me, TNA proved on, like, a slightly larger audience than the indie scene that it can work, it'll be absolutely fine. But I'm not the one that needs convincing. Unfortunately, they do have the stations to adhere to with TBS, TNT, Turner Broadcast, uh, with the investors and the advertising, everything. I fully understand that me as a nerdy wrestling fan going, no, it's absolutely fine. That doesn't matter. We've tried to talk to people who have never and will never have watched the thing. And whatever beliefs they have about this, I've got absolutely nothing to actually do with, is it in this very specific circumstance fine? It's like, no, 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 it never comes into it. It never gets past the immediate question of, of course you can't. (laughs) You never get to the second question. So I understand, maybe with time, uh, I don't have any hope that AW will be a beacon of intergender wrestling in like a year. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I, I just don't hold that at all. Uh, but hey, they still deliver great wrestling. It's just, just a little note. Uh, I, I enjoy intergender wrestling. I'm one of those people that's perfectly fine with it. So when I see a mixed tags, kind of like, oh, but but Cristana could blatantly beat the crap out of Adam Cole. <laughs> it's not even in question. Anyway, at uh, the match itself, I will say a great false finish towards the end. Double Destroyers! Baker flipping Steplander over on the ramp. Cole the Panama sunrise to Cassidy in the ring. Our baddies then setting up a table, but it immediately went uh, against them as a missed orange punch splashed Baker down through it. Cole, just iron the prize regardless. Let like your woman's cut through the table. A swift punch to the dick <laughs> and nailed Cassidy with the boom for the win. Count to 100, referee. I think the count like generally got to like seven or eight because ref took a little while to get there. Uh, yeah, that's in the end of the match. Then he goes to check on Britt Baker. And that's kind of the anger that motivates him later in the show. That like just angers that he promises to end it all. He's had enough of Orange Cassidy. Next week at Beach Break, it's a special, so he's going to have some lovely trees on the stage. No rules, no DQ. Lights Out, a very protected match in AW. Next week at Beach Break, a commentary also immediately reminding us that the last Lights Out match in AW was Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Getting close to a year ago now. I think it was like February or March. Oh, God. I With lockdown and COVID and everything, I cannot remember time. Time is not the same. <laughs> like, when I was going through, like uh, I was contributing to like a match of the year lists towards the end of the year for the different people and websites, whatever. And just re- trying to remember when I first did it, like trying to remember what was this year. It was like, oh, God, that was this. Oh, my word. <laughs> There's so much... Because that's that sudden. Remember, I was like, "Oh yeah, Blood and Guts was this year." Oh my word, <laughs> it's been a very, very long twenty twenty one. Anyway, yeah, Lights Out. They do this very, very rarely, and the fact that it's that this kind of can easily play off the Baker one from last year, and it's going to be a very, very different style. Because what is Orange Cassidy like? We the character of Orange Cassidy. What is he like in what is been typically quite violent Lights Out matches? We don't see them very often and we've got a character that you would assume would not align with this match style. Yeah, call me to <laughs> Is it just going to be a more comedic version? Uh, I mean, if you're going to go full PWG with this, as AW have done every now and then, go with what was popular on the indies. Adam Cole, full hardcore, therefore Orange Cassidy pulls gets a bag and people think that it's thumbtacks but it's Lego. Something like that. <laughs> That's a gag that Cassidy can do. <laughs> type of thing. Or he takes it seriously. Which I doubt, it's Orange Cassidy. It's gonna be a little bit of silliness in there before you then, you know, get a bit more serious because he actually wants to win. Yeah. Anyway, after this, Jericho, Santana and Ortiz were backstage getting interviewed by Marvez. Jericho with his words for Eddie, but he's interrupted by stable mates who were Eddie Kingston's words from last week, very blatantly echoing in their head as like, Santana and Ortiz, like they've got some true words for him as they just question like, why are they always fighting his battles. Uh, when is it going to? When is he going to fight for theirs? Just that no. What Eddie said last week. It's true. They've not really been challengers for those tag titles. They've always been backing up Chris Jericho in Jericho's fights. So why? When is Jericho gonna fight for them? And Jericho at the end after they walk off and he's like, "Don't think I do here." Or uh, it wasn't. It was. It was more along the lines of that. Yeah, I'm not on line with that. That, do we see the split of the Inner Circle? Or temporary temporary disbandment? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they're not together per se for a little while as they've all got the different agendas rather than a full-on split. We'll see. We'll see. CM Punk versus Sean Spears. Ooh. <laughs> I absolutely love this. <laughs> the, this was, for me, an amazing example of uh, the production around getting to the match. Really, really... The whole thing is the story of the match from the really high quality video package that played before. From Sean Spears getting his promo on Vampage, just elevating himself ahead of then going to CM Punk. And Sean Spears kind of gloating, the whole presentation telling you, right, settle in. You've seen what's happened before with these matches with CM Punk. These matches against the Pinnacle People, they're not super quick. Like MJF comes out, there's all the taunting. You know what to wait for. Uh, both entrances given time to breathe. Obviously I was watching on fight so I don't know, sometimes I don't know what entrances aren't included. Like, I had a really good time with Cody's entrance to find out most of it wasn't on the show because they got to different things. Uh, but yeah still, given the time to breathe, MJF gloating, taking his time to get all comfy at commentary. Then BAM! Time to go to sleep. <laughs> One, two, three. CM Punk wins immediately. And he's that like, yes, oh, so good, so good. Everything about the presentation was right. Okay, get settled in. Like MJF, just taking his time just to get all comfy in his little chair. His doesn't creak like mine. <laughs> all nice and comfy. And then just immediately loses. Like, oh, explosive in the best way. A swer- like a, a, me using the word swerve positively. <laughs> so damn good. Uh, MJF then I suppose couldn't even snake his way into a surprise attack. CM Punk just on it on this night and it goes against like everything MJF was saying to CM Punk where the, his, like, half of his entire point was you can't go like you used to you're a much slower older guy now, you cannot best me and then he defeats Shaw Spears in seconds just <laughs> proving him completely wrong <laughs> Just every kind of insult MJF lays before him like a hurdle jump over, CM Punk is slowly jumping over them good stuff good stuff uh, yeah, I cannot praise this enough. <laughs> so damn good, <laughs> and uh, yeah, builds to MJF CM Punk really well. They are in Chicago in a very short matter of time. I, th- I, can't, I wanted to say like beginning of February, so maybe that's like two weeks away. I, I really uh, would not be against just doing MJF CM Punk in Chicago unless he got something else planned. Hey, hey, no, no harm, no foul. <laughs> uh, compared to the next segment not as high in the next segment, but it's also a nothing filler feud. So uh, AW, AW sometimes they'll fill out with this and it's like, eh, it's fine. It, the longer thing they're doing in terms of giving the champions a win and making them look strong is like more important <laughs> longer term than this sort of thing. Uh, it's my brain adjustment. After so many years watching WWE, I'm I'm kind of conditioned to always think short term. And if the if what is in front of me right now isn't going to a thing in a couple of weeks or isn't going to immediately be followed up by something, I'm just my brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> this is building further down the line. Billy Gunn telling Christian Cage that his boys are in the top five and should be next for a tag title shot. Christian uh, uh, is like, fine, I guess, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not gonna like do it willingly, really. Uh, but it's all a ruse for a parking lot beatdown. It's like, hey, no harm in a filler win for the champions. And that's what this is. Elevating the champions rather than just immediately crowning the next contenders. No, no, no. You, crown, you make the champions feel like a big deal. Then you tell me who they're going to be defending against. I, found, yeah, I, like that, I like that cycle. Hey, do, we do. They actually build up the champions rather than building up the contenders or a feud around it. And the champion loses all the time, so they don't feel very strong. But yeah, it's much better. Yeah. Obviously, they're not very believable contenders, because there's no way in hell they are going to win. That said, it'll it'll do that it'll do the point of building up Jurassic Express. Thumbs up. TNT champion, Cody Rhodes. Actually before I do that, I'm gonna have a drink. Ooh. We are still in a pandemic, let's not overdo it. TNT champion, Cody Rhodes. Suck it, US fans. <laughs> For me watching on fight, I got to watch no promo for go for the Go Big Show I got to watch a great shot of Cody posing on the turnbuckle as a fan holds up a I'm in the rumble sign in the background and it's just like oh it's so perfect it's Cody because it had Cody on the left and then just in the background I'm in the rumble so I really liked it just teasing <laughs> teasing really really well obviously massive coincidence the fan happened to lift that up <laughs> but still I really really liked the shot when the shot the person and the sign, they just tell a story. I love those shots. <laughs> uh, New Japan used to be very good at that. Just lining up a shot perfectly to tell its individual little things. Like, oh, isn't that nice? A, a tiny little golden nugget. <laughs> anyway, Cody got a big old ladder out <laughs> from one of the ring. After walking about uh, ringside for a tad, which was entertaining enough on fight. Fans, Far his, I guess, meandering, slight chaotic, Promo, <laughs> so so many things referenced here. <laughs> so in terms of, for me, for me, I perfectly like this uh, Cody promo. I read it as making it all about himself on purpose, and from it's because it's juxtaposed juxtaposed by Sammy Guevara not saying a single word, just with his words written down, and that's his promo. He doesn't say anything. Compared to Cody, he rambles on for ages and hardly mentions Sammy Guevara. Talks about 15 other points before finally getting to the point about challenging for a ladder match to settle. Who is the true TNT champion? Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll say, running theme throughout this show, because of course we've got the heckler at the start. We've got heckles here. Some heckle. Some people, if you're going to heckle, make it less than a sentence. Make it Make it like a condensed sentence Don't give me two or three sentences. (laughs) Just keep on going, hey, Cody, why am I going to do this and do that? What? No, I'm I'm not. I can't. (laughs) You're just noise after when you've progressed past four or five words. (laughs) When you go past four words, I'll say you're just noise now. And I'm trying to concentrate on what the guy's saying in the room. So if you're going to heckle, make it short. Just just don't keep going on. <laughs> don't give me a full two part sentence with a comma and then, an, and then, an, uh, and because my word and my base to shut down, what that's called. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, sorry, grammar people. But still, yeah. <laughs> don't give me a really long, don't give me a paragraph heckle. <laughs> that's insane. So many, like two or three people trying to pipe up at once. I, you, why are you speaking for so long? <laughs> Your heckle doesn't need to be this long. Oh, God damn it. The British really need to help these American girls with their chants. If you're going to do a long heckle, turn it into a song. That's what people will listen if it's a song, especially if you make it rhyme and make it silly, fit it. Do it a song that everybody knows. Not, not just waffling on and on. Uh, anyway, there was uh, also a chance for Royal Rumble at him. Uh, No, he's not. But it's playing off the news. To be fair, Cody himself, in the topic of his promo, was covering, like, all of the news points. (laughs) Just, like, everything got referenced. Uh, Like, all of the jabs at all of the new news items of the day. Like, contracts. Silly name changes. Firing himself up before getting to the point and challenging Sammy Guevara. (laughs) Like, everything got referenced. Shots at NXT. Um, You call it, it was there. But, also, in terms of, like, Is he the the weekly thing of is he a healer or is he a face? He kind of danced that line a little bit as doing the fired up promo of like the best of Cody in AEW, whilst also saying that he did everything that CM Punk laid out to do in the pipe bomb. Like the roadmap that he set with the pipe bomb, no, no, I'm me, Cody. I actually did those things. And and the crowd kind of cheer a little bit, but also think, but no, you are also whilst bigging up CM Punk as like the return of the decade is what, what the words that Cody used, is also, also kind of took little shots at him. It's like, no, but I'm the one that did those things. It's like, oh, is CM Punk's feud for after MJF already being set? When MJF probably moves on to Wardlow or something, is CM Punk and Cody being set up there? Maybe. Or is Cody doing the Triple H tactic of set up feuds with about five different people? One of them might pan out. <laughs> uh, but still, yes, yeah, so many different references taking shots at the... Of Re- a Re- dragon for being in NXT, uh, as like oh, congratulations, you gra- c- you graduated from uh, arm drag school or arm hold. whatever he said, <laughs> just uh. But I don't want the young bucks to yet again be developmental. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. So many shots at NXT. Uh, me personally, I like the jabs because they are back and forth. Both companies do them, and I personally like. Them. For me, the most boring is the one WWE did this, this week. They're the only ones I don't like just because. That's just PR jab. That's I don't find PR jabs like that very interesting. When it's investors themselves, or it's integrated into the product in some way, or it's just on Twitter like a silly little back and forth, I'm fine with that. When it's PR to an outlet where the may yeah, it's to a news outlet, that's slightly different (laughs) because that's just more like you're not saying that for me, you're saying that for investors to try the kind of like we don't think that advertisers should be advertising on this that's very different you're trying to do something there compared to having a jab uh, it's still a jab but it's not in a it's not in a comedic way like you're not doing this for a bit of a laugh or a bit of fun no 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 no, no. <laughs> and uh, yeah we got the gory mutilation stuff later in the show uh, take on his response was amazing Just the photo of it with the middle finger covered in blood <laughs> after the match <laughs> great stuff uh, kings are black here we go <laughs> Kings of the Black Throne versus Varsity Blondes. I was so looking forward to this debut. I'm somebody who's very aware of them from PWG as a team unit. Uh, Excalibur just giving a massive rundown of what they've accomplished. Uh, cause, again, because there were a few kind of meetings of Bro Oh, that's just something about Brody, uh, Brody King. One major thing I forgot to point out. Was Cody put over so many different People within AEW <laughs> it was really weird, like one of the points he was making about he did the gag about we're not in the habit of changing names here to like Gunna cuddy <laughs> something like that uh, obviously playing off of the Gunter News, which it was very very silly <laughs> just, what was it? I mean, uh, no it's a massive tangent it's a massive tangent, to I can get into that with the state of WWE, uh, the, the bad state of stuff, I'm doing that show with uh, Vance <laughs> from uh, Cheshire Radio you're doing that show, at some point, I'll just leave it for that. But anyway, yeah, so he plays off of that, and this goes into... But if you are to call yourself Brody in AW, that takes some balls. Uh, and that leads us to Brody King now. First, destroying Varsity Blondes along with his other tattooed friend, a strong initial dominant win over the college blondes, quickly separating their opponents and nailing what they're calling the Dante's Inferno, which I guess is a pop-up into a power slam. Looks awesome, They're like big, tough, tattooed lads. <laughs> uh, after the match, Malachi asking for the House of Black to rise, which I really, really like. This, uh, I wonder what it's going to be like afterwards? If you just had more often, if it's not just leading into this, where Pack interrupts via VTR, Pack VTR play play. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> setting up our match for Malachi versus Pack. Yeah. Or, yeah, how could I not be excited for this? <laughs> yeah, two guys who are awesome. The awesome promo work and the. When it gets to the actual match itself. Yeah, expect a lot of kicks. <laughs> it's going to be a, a, a white heart match. Cannot wait for it. Hangman versus Archer. There's so, so much. <laughs> I feel like there's so many like little things that played out throughout these shows. That, yeah, no, I feel like I want to talk more about it, but I've got so many little things to address. Hangman and Archer, they got a promo. And how great is it to hear Jake Roberts' awesome raspy voice again? And we didn't immediately go into the next match. actually what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, oh, should I talk more about Kings of Black? Kings of Black Throne? You know what? I'm enjoying them. Great, solid debut. Got the point across. Set up the feud with Pack. Great. On to the next thing. Hang on Archer. Awesome. Jake Roberts. Really love hearing his voice. After that's for Puggy Vice. <laughs> it's like, oh, we saying setting up rampage here. How lovely. Your punky vice, I like this little touch. Recording their own promo, nicking Brandon, who was set up to record a Young Books promo, but they hadn't arrived yet. And they were just like, oh, we'll just use you, Brandon. And Rocky kind of dissing Brandon just like the books do. <laughs> and Trent constantly just getting him like, no, 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 no. Like, he gets in point, he does nothing. Like He's like, Brandon, you're doing a really good job. You're doing really well, Brandon. <laughs> just, just behind just the camera. Uh, thanks, I guess. Rapungi uh, Vice reuniting for one more night to face the Young Bucks on Rampage. Yeah, I'll go through the Rampage matches like much later. Uh, Frankie Kazarian versus Lance Archer. Now we can get to it. Uh, everybody dies. More specifically, on this night, Frankie Kazarian dies. Uh, Lance, you're scaring kids, brah. Uh, telling a little kid that the beating he was giving Kazarian was her fault <laughs> <It> is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Don't know how much of this was on the main broadcast. I want to think none of it. <laughs> Just... He just went at a little kid who was at ringside and just shouted at her. This is, look at this. Pay attention, kid. Uh, actions rightfully met with piece of shit, chance. <laughs> really great stuff. Archer, pretty damn dominant, as he should be as they're building up their assumed number one contender for Hangman. Winning with the back out before Man Lambert bigs him up for the title match. Archer choosing violence over words. But... Our AWJV Hangman came out for the save to a huge ovation. No Bookshot Lariat though. He got the punches in. He was able to fight off Archer from doing the damage. But no Bookshot Lariat. The champion's message was sent to the big scary man. But there was no final blow. We gotta, we gotta wait for the title match for that. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. And it's not happening at beach breaks. So that, that match is being held off for something later down the line. We'll find out what. I mean it's not going to be revolution. Because it screams to me that they're going to get through Cole versus Cassidy next week. Then you do Archer versus Hangman. Then you build to Cole versus Hangman at Revolution. They've kept them apart. They've teased it on BTE to get us like like people getting the extended version of these uh, stories. Like they're kind of building up there, but there's been very little hint on television. So you can you can build to that. You can build to that. Uh, Martin has friends. Good for him. In Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel. But Vicky Starks and Hobbs let him know that won't be enough when Team Taz builds assassins. Great line. <laughs> really well delivered as well uh, by Hobbs. Yeah, Wait, uh, yeah. but a couple of like assassin dickheads. I love it. Uh, teleporting Tony, then backstage with Chris Statlander and Red Velvet when Layla Hirsch immediately interrupts her in anger at losing on Rampage. Uh, first off, uh, a women's interview interrupted, or just an interview in AW. Somebody walks in and interrupts it. Yep, yeah, part of the course. <laughs> um, but I do like the idea of Hirsch addressing the fact that, like, no, like you lost me money by kind of lacking in that match. <laughs> so like, you owe me here. But it turned into a Layla attack. Uh, heel turn for me for Layla is great, even if it is becoming a tad of a trope in AW, to interrupt a backstage interview into an attack. At least it wasn't like a surprise attack from the front. <laughs> Hello, Swerve in an XT, surprise attack from the front in a forklift. Amazing! <laughs> it's, it makes so little sense that I absolutely love it. It's one of my favourite things. <laughs> uh, Serena Deeb versus Sky Blue. Deeb murders a promising young lion Suzuki style, <laughs> and I absolutely adore it. Having the match won and then deciding to smash the poor lass's knee into the mat over and over and over before venturing back on it for a submission win. Really solid stuff. Burning up Serena Dean for whatever's down the line, whatever they're building up for, I wouldn't mind a little serious people faction. For me that's the one thing really missing from the women's division that really sets it apart from the men's. It's just that there, there aren't any factions. And like Bitmaker's now kind of dabbling with the elite, but that's not her faction. She's got she's got her two people. And now that she's with these guys, it's just a little side tangent. It's fine. Uh, But yeah, I wouldn't mind some factions And for me, Deep being the leader of a faction I wouldn't be against it Just her and whoever murdering folk (laughs) I'd be absolutely up for it And and teaching her young ones how to also murder like that (laughs) We're all for it Uh, Men of the Year uh, This week is Ethan Page just turned to be front and centre Stepping up to face Moxley on Rampage And this is the time where it's best to go through all of the stuff So on Rampage We've got Page versus Moxley Young Bucks versus Punky Vice, hyped with a load of New Japan Pro Wrestling footage, and everything like that was that was a genuine surprise to see. So I thought, oh, they're showing like a clip for a match just to let you know. Like, no, they're giving you the entire story here. It's the entire backstory of uh, these two facing each other in New Japan with all of the footage. It's like, oh, that's nice. What a lovely little surprise. Uh, Hook, uh, an amazing evasion by just saying, by the way, Hook's gonna wrestle, and the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> versus the Pentico. And TBS Championship on the line for the first time in a defence as Jade Cargill faces Anna Jay. Beach break. I, f- I think I skipped over the promo earlier, but we had John Silver just letting Jade Cargill know that Anna j has got them goods. And uh, Anna Jay, just reminding Kay- Jade Cargill, who's a very cocky champion. He's very, very c- overconfident. And just, Anna Jay just learnt, like, do remember that i very very recently not that long ago i wrapped my arm in barbed wire to get a submission win <laughs> so i've got a dark side and she is in the dark order there so obviously got a dark side obviously <laughs> beach break uh next week on uh, dynamite tnt championship ladder match cody versus guevara lights out cole versus cassidy jericho santana and ortiz versus garcia in 2.0 and finally red velvet versus leila hirsch loaded show uh, yeah, just keeping that hype rolling. I just love the way that they deliver these. Just the way that they lay it out. and they're, it's, right, it's when you're ready for the main event and then it's just, let's just get some pulsing music, get your ram- amps, let's, let's go, let's go. There's <laughs> this is happening, there's this is happening, and then this is happening after that, and then after this, and then we're, after we've done that, then we're going on to this. Yeah, it really, really does, does help keep that hype wheel rolling when you're announcing like four things for each upcoming show. Yeah, can't face that idea enough. Um, again... Do I remember when AW they like, were when they really started doing this and it really started to hit a stride instead of being like a format of their show. And then WWE tried it with Raw. However, the way they book doesn't fit it. Like, I saw it as a choke that the fans were positively reacting to. So like, oh it makes sense for us to kind of use that. For me that for me that's why competition is good. Like you can learn from each other. Like, both sides do good things that are worth borrowing. And then you learn and improve off of each other. And for me, A.W. did this thing, it works. WWE, had a look at it and went, we should probably do that. Then very quickly realised that's not how they fight. <laughs> so they don't do it now. I think it even lasted for like a month or maybe more than that, when they'd hype up matches but like so many would be cancelled before he gets to it. So it's like well what's the point? <laughs> what's the point in any of this? Uh, anyway, main event, another, the final thing on the show that I genuinely loved as well Darby Allin Sting versus the acclaimed a, uh The acclaimed, obviously, getting the normal ire (laughs) with their their lines. This week with the uh, gory mutilation, (laughs) they got that reference. Saying going to beat up Sting worse than... Make him look worse than he did at Starrcade 97. (laughs) Which is both a thing saying, we're going to beat you up. But also, this match was bad, wasn't it? (laughs) He looked awful. Yeah, from 1997. (laughs) It's a jab of age, jab of ages. Uh, Anyway, the match itself. A pre also I want to give a like a massive praise to uh, From Rampage for the music video that he Dig did on Darby Allen and Sting, pure silly fun. I, I I like stuff like this being on AW, and the fact that, that they then used an extra thing that they filmed as their like pre main event intro to kind of play off what Darby Allen does in terms of playing the video before a big match. Uh, the acclaimed did the same thing here, taking the piss. Uh, but before. The match, the acclaimed, took Derby out before the bell. A chair round the head and whipped into the ring post. Sting then agreed to take the lads on two-on-one, holding his own for most of the main event. But eventually the number ga- numbers game won over t- when it was time to explode into our final f- part of the show, just in time for Darby to return and dive off of the ramp. Sting, then also upping the ante with a splash off of the stage. A main event splash off the stage <laughs> through the timekeeper's table. Coffin drop from Adam for the win. a chaos. <laughs> 60-year-old man diving off the stage like it's nothing. <laughs> I wouldn't do that now and, and I'm still in my 20s. <laughs> so, uh, coffin drop. Uh, Adam wins. And, yeah, a really hot momentum of a main event. They use that to obviously that was coming up next as well for me a really strong episode of dynamite flowed really well uh again from start to finish there weren't really was no there was no filler on this everything served its purpose which is normally the case with aw i felt like last week it was more a card kind of structure problem where there was just way too many things that felt a little bit similar and yeah it got a bit of a tired crowd and then by the time you got to a certain point you're kind like oh i don't really want these matches now this show flowed so much better that i never felt that so, from one thing to the next, absolutely flew by. Really, really. And I watched it on Fight, so my version was longer. <laughs> and for me, it still absolutely flew by. Yeah, really strong stuff. It was great to see after last week, where a, I, I wasn't, like me and James Boyd from Monition Radio kind of tore into Dynamite last week. We really weren't that high on it. But then this week, this one, this episode for me, which is a really solid episode, was it the best episode of Dynamite ever? No. Because for, for me, the bar is so so high. <laughs> for me, it's just a solid episode of Dynamite. I don't have any faults with it. I really enjoyed it. But it's not the best episode of Dynamite ever. Because those episodes normally feature like an incredible match. like Because match Dynamite serves up match of the year stuff throughout the year. And absolutely incredible returns and moments. Or debuts or whatever. This had the awesome kind of return of John Moxley. Just the amazing emotion coming out of it. Uh, but obviously, it's not like as big as other things. It's just an awesome emotional moment that everybody shared. It's like, oh, this was great. It was awesome. So yeah, that's why. I, it's like, yeah, it's a very really solid episode of Dynamite. So I don't. That's why I can't really. That's why I don't like numbers because as I like guess in my head, I'm like, I don't know. Is it a four? <laughs> is that what you, have, have my words described a four? I don't know because I, I, wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it's a five, but that's because my bar for five is so high that a solid episode of AW. Like, yeah, really enjoyed it. Really easy to watch. Which is nice to say. <laughs> nice to say. Uh, anyway, that brings me to the end of the review. What did you make of AEW Dynamite this week and all of this stuff? Awesome to see John McSally back. Great to see him in such incredible shape. And that was the final thing as well. Just seeing the physical difference and, like, how much healthier he looks now. And it just, like, as a fan is going, like, oh, yeah, I would have watched... I've watched him for so long that I didn't even click with me. He didn't even notice that he got it. And that is, like, a thing that... Quite, sometimes people might, you, your friends won't notice something off unless you say something. Uh, which is kind of like part of his message. Yes, yeah, great. Yeah, great to see Mossy back. Anyway, I will be back on I think Tuesday for the uh, the good. No, no, sorry. The bad and the ugly state of A W W E. Uh, myself and Vance Morris from Cheshire Radio last Tuesday did a. Uh, we're meant to do the state of and do it in one show but it took us so long to just list like all the positive from both AW and WWE before going to the bad that the show was like two and a half hours so it's <laughs> just like we're gonna have to segment off the bad so I think on Tuesday I'm set to do the state of w- the sorry the bad and the ugly state of D- AW and WWE next on Tuesday and then I'll be back with AW Dynamite review next Thursday don't know who I'm joined by I need to check in on that before the Royal Rumble I think that's is that next week I'm just gonna Use my computer just to check. It is, yes, next Saturday. So next Saturday, I'll be live covering the Royal Rumble as soon as it it is finished with Wrestling Headlines Aftershock. And um, I love the Rumble. It's one of my favourite pay-per-views. I enjoy it every single year. It's arguably my favourite WWE pay-per-view. I love the pomp and circumstance around WrestleMania. Uh, I just kind of get sucked into WWE around that time. What helps is they have a trajectory to a point, and normally the storytelling is a lot more focused in this specific time bit. Uh, it's not always like it's not necessarily like the best episodes of wrestling ever, but you know story, stories are all focused. <laughs> There's something to it. Um, then WrestleMania itself, the pomp circumstance of it, yeah, it's just the showcase of everything. I love it. Uh, but Royal Rumble, that is my payphone for WWE. My favorite one by far. Is that even after this, I'm planning to put on a Royal Rumble <laughs> Just to kind of do kinda of get tired what with that. How much I love them, how much I love them. So I'll be covering that next Saturday live immediately afterwards. But yes, for me that'll be like four or five in the morning. <laughs> so I'll be doing that. Ah. Oh, and with that I say thank you for watching, liking, engaging in any form, any manner. Always appreciate it. Never take it for granted. And with that, I bid you adieu and I say adios.